0: Welcome back to Pursuing Justice. I'm Harriet Hendel. Today, we're continuing an interview with Susan Burton, whom we met last time. So I encourage my listeners, if you haven't listened to part one, please, please do so. She has written a wonderful memoir that I own and love. It's called Becoming Ms. Burton. It was published in 2017 And it is a riveting story of personal struggle and ultimately a new beginning. Susan cycled in and out of prison for over 15 years due to her addiction to cocaine and crack. And now she is the proud founder of A New Way of Life in Los Angeles. Let's meet Susan again. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Harriet. So happy to be here. I'm happy you are here. <laughs> All right. So in our last conversation, we talked a great deal about what brought you to prison, the rehab programs that didn't work, the wonderful rehab program that did the Claire Foundation, which really saved your life. And then you had decided that you had to do something to make a difference in the lives of women coming out of prison. And what you did was start a new way of life so now i would really like you to delve deep and tell us about how how that got started and exactly what it does and and how expanded this
1: program is now when when did it begin so a new way of life started in 1998 and it was such a simple you know compassionate concept of providing housing, a space in a single family bungalow in South LA, where I lived, and sharing that with other women who were returning back to the community with no place to go. And, you know, I worked as a caregiver and saved some dollars and got this little place. And I would get up in the morning and go downtown to the bus station where Women were getting off the buses from prison and offer them a place to be. Some women came. Some women did not come. But that's how a new way of life got established.
0: Now, you say a bungalow. Uh, How little or big was it?
1: It was three bedrooms. It was three bedrooms, and it had one bath, and we made a second bath out of the back porch. And... The women getting off the bus, um, did you have enough space to offer those who said yes to you? Yeah, it was actually, we had two sets of bunk beds in the room. And, you know, we had lived in spaces that were much tighter than that. Mm -hmm. Right. But eventually, I got rid of the bunk beds when I got my first grant and downsized it to where there was six of us living in the place. But Harriet, it was so beautiful. It was a house of women helping women. We were pitching our money together to pay the bills. We were, you know, buying food together, eating together, going to 12-step meetings together, crying together, laughing together, and just pulling each other along. It was such A beautiful community. And for so long, I wanted a place to belong. I wanted my life to make a difference. And that's what happened in that little house.
0: That's right.
1: Incredible. Um, I want to enlighten
0: my listeners about some very important statistics regarding women in prison. 75% of women who were doing time had at least. One baby as a teen. Most women behind bars are mothers. And 10 million, that's the number I was quoting last time, have had or have a parent in prison. And I I like the way uh, in your book, each chapter, you had little bits of information that the reader should know. The last statistic is 85% of women in prison. Were victims of abuse, either sexual, physical, or emotional, or all three. And those are really incredible statistics. Susan, do you, do you want to say more about those statistics?
1: Yeah. You know, I recently began to train people to replicate our model. And part of that training, I introduced the ACEs to people. And ACEs stand for Adverse Childhood Experiences, to give them the understanding of the people that we're working with, how to identify their uh, childhood experiences that might have led to behaviors in their adulthood. So I took the ACEs test, and I got a 10. As I checked off the ACEs, you know, I hit every mark of it.
0: Now, for the, I'm going to stop you there. For those who don't know, I'm very familiar with it, but for listeners that never heard of it, there are questions that you have to answer. Can you just give us some, a sample of a few of the questions, and if it applies to you, you check the box. So what kinds of things are part
1: of adverse childhood experiences? Were you ever hungry? Was there violence in your home? Were you ever harmed, molested, uh, emotional, physical uh, abuses? Um, yeah, the aces are very. They they kind of tap into the experiences that you had and help you to understand that there is an effect from those experiences. They shaped you. They shaped right? you. Yeah.
0: And isn't another question? Did you have a parent or a sibling in prison? Isn't isn't that one of the questions too? I know. I think uh, I've i read that. I don't know if or that, the death of a parent, the death, you know, yeah, 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 divorce yeah. of a parents, divorce, and yeah, all those things, all yeah. those
1: things, yeah.
0: yeah, and especially the idea of did you see violence or were you a victim of violence? All yes. of those things, and when you say. You checked, I mean, most of us, I would think many of us, I should say, probably could check a box, yes, you checked them all, yes and and that's that says an incredible amount in terms of of you know the impact yeah. on you and what what followed after yeah, that.
1: so so the Aces questions go. Did you uh, have experiences of physical, sexual, or verbal abuse, physical or emotional neglect, separation or divorce of a parent, a family member who had mental illness, a family member addicted to drugs or alcohol, a family member who is in prison, or witness a parent being abused. So those are the ACEs questions. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, check, 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 check. Yes. And and then I'm like, whoa, you know, who wants to, who wants to ACE the ACEs test, right? <laughs> That's right.
0: It's about the last test you want to ACE, right? Yeah. Yeah. Considering what you came from, what you have done is, is, even more remarkable as far as I'm concerned. So a new way of life all the way back in 1998. It's hard to imagine that you started it so far back. And what was that like, the journey to all the way up to 2023? Uh, It's
1: been quite a journey. So many lows, so many highs, you know, and so much commitment that, You know, I've showed up for uh, in my life and in the lives of the women uh, that have came through a new way of life. In 1998, people were not kind to us. People did not think kindly of folks that were incarcerated and especially folks coming home. It was this era of uh, lock them up and keep them locked up. For every social ill, the solution that our communities turned to was incarceration. And it's led to us being the most criminalizing more of its population than any other nation.
0: That's true. That's absolutely true. Now, it costs money to do what you did. I mean, you have to buy things for the house, food, everything, just absolutely everything. Women have to have a way to uh, possibly find work and get there.
1: That costs money, too. Where did the money come from? Originally, you know, I worked as a caregiver and saved. But, you know, we pulled our monies together and we made it happen. You know, I didn't think about a paycheck. I didn't think about health insurance, even. I pray to God to stay healthy, and you know we didn't go without a meal. We were able to get food stamps here in California to buy food with, and we pulled together and we cooked. Like I said, we cooked together, we ate together, we paid bills together, and it was a women, a house of women, healing and recovering together. It was beautiful, Harriet.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it was. I, I'm sure they having a place to go it was salvation for them after spending whatever years they spent behind bars it must have, and and the idea that everybody
1: had come from prison so let me say harry it wasn't difficult at all like i said that period of my life developed so much meaning and goodness where that had been that had been missing from my days it allowed me and the women to begin to heal, ah, uh, which was important to no longer be victimized, to no longer feel cast out, to have a place that belonged to us where we were safe
0: that's there's nothing quite like that, and now you had that one home back in nineteen ninety eight and what do you what have you created
1: in all those years
0: since the first home.
1: A new way of life has been identified as a national model for reentry, where women can come into a home-like environment and find stability. So now we have 12 homes across L.A. County. We've helped thousands of women to come home Uh, We've helped hundreds of women to get their children back. We've developed legal services, workforce development services, leadership development, family reunification services. They're just not, you know, somebody doing something. We have attorneys on staff to -hmm. represent people and to help. We have two legal departments. And in 2017, when I published my book, I spent 2018 traveling the country going into prisons. The book really was popular and took off, but what I thought is that the women inside of prisons need to read this book. So I printed 8,000 copies. I raised money and I printed 8,000 copies. And I visited 64 prisons, all over the nation and a couple in african countries hmm. and the women stood up with tears in their eyes saying please start a house here in africa well, in africa we have three we have three places one in uganda one in lagos it opened yesterday and one in kenya that's incredible we have 41 sites in the us Uh, 16 states. And we train people and we help them to replicate our model. And our model is based on meeting women right where they are and uh, walking them back into their new life. Mm, Uh, No judgment, just love and support and resources. And and resources. You are also a
0: fierce advocate for change in our criminal justice system, what are some of the specific issues that you've been working on in the past and that you will probably be working on in the future? And and what are some of your successes in, in those uh, those categories?
1: So one is uh, voter registration and voter education. People need to understand that you know through voting, we can make laws. Even when a legislator won't carry a bill, we can put something on the ballot and uh, vote for it if we're registered to vote. So we passed in California Proposition 17, which allowed people who were on parole to vote. We passed along with Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. uh, We passed Amendment 4 in Florida. We banned the box on job applications all Mm -hmm. over the nation And we want to ban the box on rental applications also. Um, Ban the box means what for those not familiar? Okay, ban the box means that we want to take the question, have you ever been convicted of a a crime or military court off the uh, job application and reserve the right for the employer to ask that question after an offer of a job? So right. we're not saying we don't want to ask. You can't ask us the question. What we're saying is that when you ask us the question up front on the application, we don't get a shot at the job. That's right.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's re- now um, you have received numerous awards. Can you tell us maybe uh, just some of those wonderful yeah. recognitions
1: that uh, you yeah. have gotten? Yeah. Before I go there, let me also add. We've worked on stopping prisons from shackling women while they're in childbirth. That's another bill that we're still goes on.
0: Does it not?
1: Still goes on shackling women and sterilization while mm-hmm. they're inside of prisons. But as far as awards, I've been really you know recognized all over the place. CNN, uh, I was a top ten hero. My book won the prestigious Goddard Award, the NAACP Image Award, Irvine Leadership Award. I got boxes of awards. That's, I need to cash them in. But I really, I really, I really, I really, I really appreciate people recognizing. But you know, I think Harriet, that this is just the way we need to be living in the world, and what we need to be doing for one another, helping wherever we can. I agree. I absolutely agree.
0: Anything and any message you'd like to leave with our listeners? And I also want you to tell us your website in case people would like to donate to your
1: organization. The website is a org. If people have someone they'd like to receive my book who's in custody, you can go to that website and you can uh, request that they be sent a book. I need their number and their mailing address, and we'll ship them a book. Oh, that's Um, great to know. Yeah. Uh, But anewwayoflife.org is our website, and we'd love people to check us out and support. One of the things we try to do is around Christmas time is to buy gifts and have people have a really Merry Christmas, not only for the women, but also for their children.
0: Now, I didn't ask you this, are children permitted to stay
1: in the house with their mothers? We have a home uh, that we have a family reunification department and a home that uh, children can live in with their mothers. Yes. I see. How many of those do you have? We have a couple of homes that house women with children. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. So what would you say you would like to see changed in terms of your advocacy work that you maybe
1: haven't addressed so far? I'd like to see a, a greater investment in uh, reentry and alternatives to incarceration. I'd like to see people not in prison who are mentally ill. Uh, I'd like for to see an investment in victim services. That people can go when something happens, when these aces are in play, people can go and have and get attention to them that they don't develop unhealthy ways of coping with it. Right. And what message would you like to leave with the
0: people who are listening that maybe really are very unfamiliar with this whole reentry issue that is so important to you?
1: Yeah. You know, first of all, I just want to thank them for listening to this podcast today and pondering and thinking about what it is that they might could do or what they're interested in doing. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's wonderful. Well, I really thank you for your time and and your willingness to come on the podcast and share your your life experiences and your your failures and your successes. I, I salute you. You're, you're wonderful, Susan. Thank you so much. I And I recommend the book. The book, again, is Becoming Ms. Burton. And it, I'm sure, is it available, say, on Audible? Is it? It's Audible,
1: you know, Kindle. It, it's, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's yes. great.
0: I didn't yes. realize that. All right. That yeah. sounds terrific. Now, I, I just want to tell my listeners that next time, Hopefully, I can have an interview with Antoinette when she's willing to to talk to us. That's uh, Susan's daughter. And I also have an interview coming up with uh, a woman in Philadelphia. I live very close to Philadelphia, and she started Ardella's House, and her name is Toni Willis, so I'm hoping to get her on the program next time so thank you to my new producer jordan moore at the pod cabin up in canada for working on the podcast with me and also thanks to the innocence project of florida where i served on the board for six years for sponsoring our podcast pursuing justice thank you for listening and we'll see you next time